This is a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. Go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Last week I spoke to Andreas Horsano. He works for Human Rights Watch in Indonesia. And uh, he spoke to me about conditions for LGBTI people in Aceh. Andreas, how difficult are things in Aceh for GLBTIQ people? Oh, very difficult. Because... In Aceh, there is a bylaw which criminalizes homosexuality. If a gay couple or a lesbian couple got arrested, the penalty is maximum 100 lashes. It happened quite a lot over the last two years uh, since this new law was becoming effective in September 2015. So it is almost two years now. Every day, every day, we receive reports about LGBT individuals being harassed, intimidated, their ID card being checked, or uh, sometimes even uh, beaten. Sometimes, in worst cases, of course, they are arrested and charged if they were found of having what the Sharia police call a sexual act, homosexual act. So it, it is very, very bad. And many, many, many transgender, especially because of their physical appearances, are running away from Aceh. You spoke to the two young men that were caned recently. How traumatised are they? Very, I would imagine. Uh, first is the physical, physical uh, cut, uh, the cut on their back. Each of them got 83 lashes. They were also forcibly to take HIV tests uh, and turned out to be positive. Now they have to take medication. They have to run away from the Bandar Aceh houses. They have to go away from their one from their job, another one from their school. Uh, he stopped schooling. And they are now staying with with their parents in other places on Sumatra Island. One is a sailor, the other one is a medical student who stopped his his degree. <clears throat> uh, things are very bad, and of course they are also traumatized. I would like to say that they are also sometimes acting strange. They are paranoia. They are afraid that people, new people who they meet, might know what happened to them. Uh, since May this year. Why aren't any Aceh politicians speaking out against conditions for GLBTI people in Aceh? Actually, I talked to some politicians there, including former Free Aceh Movement guerrilla uh, leaders. Uh, those that are sane enough, they told me this is extremely difficult. They might lose their their foot, their seat, if they are speak up against the discrimination uh, of the LGBT people. Those who are insane, of course, immediately recite the Quran, recite Islam, etc., blah, 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 blah. blah. Uh, but even the Jakarta government, the national government, refused to review all of those discriminatory regulations. In fact, in Indonesia now, there are 421 local regulations 
which discriminate minorities, including LGBT people, including mostly against women. There are mandatory hijab for women in 129 regencies, I think. And also curfew at night against women. Uh, some places after 9 p.m., some places after 10, 11, midnight. So those regulations are against Indonesia's national law, and they should be revoked. But again, the central government dare not to do that. Indonesia is awaiting a court decision about legalities regarding consensual sex between adults in Indonesia. What are the implications of the court case for the GLBTI community? We are still waiting for the court decision. We hope that the judges will be sane enough not to agree with that. What, what, what could they potentially rule? Uh, they basically rule that any consensual out-of-marriage sex is a crime. It covers, of course, homosexual sex as well, because gay marriage is not recognized under Indonesian law. The, the only recognized one is hetero marriage, heterosex marriage. It means if this article to be approved by the court, it will implicate not only hetero couples, but basically all gay couples. This is going to be a huge, huge setback for Indonesia. It might take decades, if not centuries, to undo it. So I hope those judges, nine, nine judges, will come to their mind being logical and not agreeing with this decision. Is the situation in Indonesia for the GLBTI people a result of religious nationalism increasing? Yes. Uh, since the fall of President Suharto in 1998, there are open spaces for Islamist politicians, Islamist activists, for Sharia supremacists to campaign for, of course, their ideas. Sometimes they also promote violence. Sometimes they use only social pressure. Sometimes they do street rallies, which are, of course, legal. But what happened over the last 20 years is that Indonesia is becoming more and more conservative. Indonesia is becoming more and more targeting against two types of minorities. One is religious minorities, whether they are non-Muslim minorities, including Christian, proportionately Christian is the biggest minority in Indonesia, or against Muslim minorities like the Ahmadiyya, the Shia, the Sufi, more than 200 Muslim minorities are also being targeted inside Indonesia. And the third is local religion, traditional religion, uh, ethnic religion inside Indonesia. There are hundreds of them. So that is the first target of the discrimination by the Islamists. The second is gender minorities, and they are again women and LGBTIQ people. Andreas, as everyone knows, we're in the middle of a same-sex marriage debate here in Australia. Senator Bernardi at the No Campaign launch claimed recently that uh, the yes vote, if successful, could damage Australia's relationship with Asia. What's your response to that? No, I don't think so. If the yes campaign is to win, and I hope it is to win, it will give an example to countries like Indonesia, Malaysia, Vietnam is quite progressive. Thailand is also quite progressive. It will give uh, an example that Australia can do that. Australia can be on their, you know, logic on their mind. Uh, those people cannot argue against uh, marriage equality by saying according to the Quran or according to the Bible because not everyone believes their interpretation of the Quran or their interpretation of the Bible or whether or whatever, Tripitaka book. 
so if they want to argue against people who do not share the same belief, like it or not, they have to go into, you know, psychiatry, mental health, uh, physical fitness, etc., etc. And like it or not, they have to admit that this year's campaign is much more advanced. The argument is more scientific than the no campaign. Andreas Hosano, thank you so much for joining me on 3CR today. Much appreciated. Thank you. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.